right, well, welcome back to the greater community. This is our second episode and our um, heartbeat behind this show is just to highlight the ways God is working both locally and around the world. And today we're super excited to have with us Takia Thompson and Michael Ray. They both do a lot of different things, but they work um, in relationship with Community Covenant on a project called the Jubilee Community Garden. And so um, we're interested to hear more about that. So um, welcome guys, I'd love to have you introduce yourselves, tell us a little about who you are and what you do. So we'll start with Takia. Okay, hi everyone. Uh, thanks so much for having me on your show today. Uh, my name is Takia Thompson and I do a couple of different things. One is that I work for a fair trade um, nonprofit organization here in town called 10,000 Villages. Hopefully you all have heard of it. And when I'm not in the store working on fair trade stuff, I'm actually in the field, in a garden or orchard somewhere, and I'm leading teams to glean and harvest the extra produce that's grown uh, so that we can package that up and we can get that out to our hungry families. And so our goal is to get healthy food to hungry families in need, working with various and organizations in the area and I do that through an organization called After the Harvest. Awesome. Well, Michael, tell us about yourself, my friend. All right. Well, I'm a member of the college or the church and the college, but I, I work at the Johnson County Community College. I uh, work in the Center for Sustainability. I'm the project manager. I do energy efficiency. Um, we work on acquiring solar energy. We do recycling, composting, and pretty much everything else that's hippie related. Yeah. And also sustainable ag uh, is one of the things that I'm closely working with. And so that's kind of where the idea came uh, for Jubilee. Yeah, so tell me about just how did that idea, this is really the garden started in your mind. So kind of tell us how this thing got started. Yeah, so it's probably about seven or eight years ago. I talked to Pastor Johan about uh, starting some, some sort of a small garden where we could um, basically have a community garden that feeds folks and it wasn't necessarily going to be the kind of community garden where we reserve plots that they have one of those over in Lenexa. Um, but what we wanted to do is be able to serve the community in a different way. And so um, basically started out with about nine raised beds. And from that point, we really wanted to explore the idea of, of how we would grow the system um, and, and make it bigger, but also make it more available to the community. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, so that, that garden's been, how, how many years would you say you've been at it, like growing it? About seven or eight years. And then um, it's changed quite a bit. So how, what are some of the changes that you've seen with the garden since it first started with, I know you were here, you know, taking up sod and some of that sod ended up in my yard, which I appreciated. But uh, yeah, from being here, starting to pull up sod to what it is today, like how have you seen it grow and develop over the years? Yeah, a lot of lessons learned. Uh, one of which is I shouldn't give you that sod. I probably should just reuse it because it's got a lot of good nutrients in that soil. Um, so moving forward, we kind of learned from that lesson and, and now we're, we're utilizing compost uh, a lot more uh, readily. And then as, as well as that, um, sort of I've expanded I put on a, a nice shed that we can um, operate and have people get tools out of as necessary so uh, they don't have to bring their own and then um, we went and expanded now three times I can't give you the exact square foot but I believe it's about 60 feet by 60 feet yeah. um, and then we're actually going to add a little bit more space this year uh, 
which was the space that's going to be right behind the new garage that's that's on the site. So that's going to be some some great things to do. And then next year, or maybe the year after that, we'll take over the entire soccer field. <laughs> no, just kidding. Not at this point. Well, who knows? God, God-sized dreams. And so that's right. At some point in the last couple of years, your two paths crossed. So Takia, you weren't there for day one of the garden, but you've been involved. So yeah, how did you get connected in this, this community garden? Yeah, so it's interesting because the organization I work with after the harvest, uh, we I was assigned the field manager for that day to lead a team. And you know they said, hey, we're gonna be at this small community garden you know, love for you to lead the team out there. And I'm like, oh, it's great. It's not far from my house. And I didn't even really know it was there. So this is super exciting. And so I got there and I was kind of leading the team in kind of what was growing and just kind of giving them an overview of everything. And this guy just rolls up on this motorcycle and starts taking over and telling me what for. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> but um, no, but Michael came up and it was great because I was so glad he was there to give um, just kind of a history of the garden, like you know, what we're growing at the time and, you know, talking about the, the beneficial nutrients of everything. And then we were able to then uh, help a lot out with weeding and cleaning up a little bit, but also harvesting uh, that produce. And then we were able to take it to a lot of hungry families that day. So, uh, so that's how we met and got connected. And I've been at the garden um, ever since leading teams for gleanings. And then it just became more of a passion for me in that particular space and that area. And, and Michael and I connected, um, in other ways as well. So we've just been working together ever since. Cool. Yeah, I, I think one of the coolest things I remember too was when you showed up and told me where the people were from. I believe it was two different companies at the time. Yeah. So that's the interesting about After the Harvest is, is they bring in outsiders who otherwise would never have known that our church was doing something like this. Yeah. And, and when she does that, we're talking multiple, you know, there was probably 15 people at that time. Yeah. That was about three years ago. And then, um, but then the last couple of times you brought families along. And so it's been a really diverse group that gets to come out and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you to talk a little more about that because I know, you know, we've always kind of had a faithful core of workers in the garden, but kind of getting, you know, recruiting people to work the garden. It was always a challenge, especially in the early years. So talk a little bit about what dimension that's added since Takia started bringing mm -hmm you know, different groups in, like, how has that really changed kind of Always. of that? What happens when Takia shows up? Oh. <laughs> well, when she found out how cool I am to work with, you know, she started bringing all of her friends and by friends. <laughs> I mean, so she, she knew, she knows people from everywhere, obviously. And that's how I, one of the reasons that um, we're well connected is she knows my brother from a different church that she used to go to. And then, um, she then went to the foundry and so she's brought people from the foundry and she's brought people from the Baptist church across the street. It's kind of interesting from the standpoint of before it was this core of three or four of us that were, and now she's brought along a couple of other folks and families that, that kind of are able to come out there on a routine basis, which has really helped out a lot. And, and I don't know as if I would have been able to, to work the expansion that we went through this year without that help. So actually having those volunteers gave you a lot more ability to expand capacity and to do, start fulfilling some of those dreams that we've been talking about for years with the garden. So it raises a question, you know, when Takiya, when you talk about gleaning and bringing gleaning teams, I would mm -hmm. guess probably most of the people watching this 
didn't even know that was a thing. So tell me about like, what does that look like for someone to be part of a gleaning team? Like what is required? What is it? Yeah. How does somebody get involved yeah. in something like that? Well, the cool thing about gleaning is that you don't have to have this, you know, degree or major skill set or, or anything like that. You really honestly just need to show up and have a willing heart to do some of the work. And the awesome thing about it is the work varies, you know, you know, I've had families come that, you know, are very skilled in gardening and have a green thumb. But then I've also had, you know, moms and dads come with like literally a baby in a little, you know, baby Bjorn, and they're like, okay, uh, uh, what, what do I, what do I do? Um, but the beautiful thing about gleaning is that it's the opportunity to, you know, see, see really how God works. You know, you're, you're digging in the dirt. Sometimes you're harvesting things, um, that, you know, may have a little bit of a blemish, but you know, who doesn't, you know, and then you notice, you can see that those things are actually nourishing and healthy and good for you. And we can get those two people in need. And the concept of gleaning is not anything that's new. It's just not anything that we talk about anymore. It's like we say, oh, we're going to go to the garden and we're going to get some stuff. Or we're going to harvest some things. Um, but gleaning is, you know, as you know, this biblical concept of when farmers and growers were asked to leave the edges of the field for um, the poor and then the need. And then they would come and they would glean and they would take um, that produce or what was grown from the edges. And so, and that's basically in a sense what we do with our growers and the farmers that I work with, you know, we're just like, hey, we are so thankful for, first of all, how you feed our community in your profession, right? Um, and we love that you want to give back and a lot of them would love to, you know, donate or participate in things, but they just don't have the time. And so one of the ways they can do that is just say, hey, you know, we're growing like uh, 10 rows of corn or 18 rows of this. Why don't we go ahead for our purposes that we need harvest and, and take you know these first five or first six but then you can have the rest and you can go ahead and glean the rest of that and take that and give those to families in need or you know we'll take the first wave and you take the second harvest that comes through all of it's still really good food it may have you know like I said a bit of a blemish but I think there's a lot of um, symbolism and beauty in that because you you can kind of show just really how God does work and how um, he can work and achieve things through anything. So, yeah. yeah. So you're saying farmers. So how many places are you talking about? Like how many locations are we talking about? <clears throat> oh my goodness. How many farmers do we work with? I, I can't even count. I know there's, there's gotta be over 50 or so, maybe more uh, possibly that we work with. I'm just thinking about the list because I think about, we have farmers, um, that are like big farms we have community growers we have gardens we have you know we even have people who it's so funny like we have a lot of people in neighborhoods that are like hey i moved in and i had no idea i had nine pear trees in my backyard or you know or something like that and they don't want to you know they don't want to cut the trees down and they but they also don't know what to do with the thousands of pounds of pears and apples that they're going to get in a season and so they may take some for their family, but then they call us and we go and we actually glean their backyard. So um, I would say it's actually probably closest to at least a hundred or more that how do they, we work with. How do they get connected to that network? I mean, how does, how does a farmer say, hey, I'm willing to be a site where people can glean from? How does that yeah. work? Well, that's the beautiful thing about after the harvest, right? You know, our job is not just to glean, but our job is to also connect. 
And so we are actually out in the community, engaging the community in different, you know, um, workshops and different events when we can have them again. Uh, you know, a lot of times we were at a lot of different expos and things like that, but it's just sharing what we do as an organization. And it also helps the farmer um, in a lot of ways because it's not just, hey, will you donate to us because we really want to feed hungry people. It also is a way for them to give back, but it's a way for them to eliminate food waste because if you think about it, if they don't have the capacity, if they don't have volunteers, if they don't have the staff to, you know, grow and harvest all these things, you know, they will grow a lot of things, but they're like, we just can't do it. We can't get out there and do any more. Well, that's when they know that they can call after the harvest and we can come in. Um, we can take care of that. We can glean that. We can harvest that produce. And then they also know that, hey, we're not just taking this and, and doing whatever with it. We're actually taking it and feeding the community. So, um, it's, it's kind of an approach to um, feeding and ending food waste and feeling good. <laughs> That's awesome. So that kind of raises a topic and I, I want the three of us to talk about this for a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, when I think most people think about feeding the hungry, they think about food drives and typically when you have a food drive, it's non-perishable things, right? It's, it's a box of honey nut Cheerios, it's a box of mac and cheese, it's cans of soup and stuff like that. That's what most of uh, the folks that I talk to think about when they think about feeding the hungry. So can you guys talk a little bit about like, why is this kind of such a huge need? Like what is the, what, what is the need that you're meeting? What do you see as, hey, this is the gap that we're trying to fill with this kind of a, a service, this kind of a ministry? Yeah, I kind of experienced that the first time I went over to Lenexa Pantry and uh, delivered the first load of tomatoes or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we're so appreciative of the fact that they were going to have fresh produce because they're so used to these fully processed foods that aren't necessarily healthy for you. And, and every time we brought it, it was just like as much, you know, keep bringing it, keep bringing it. And we were, I was not necessarily surprised, but just to see that, I mean, even they, I mean, sure they get, they get fresh bread sometimes, um, it's still seconds, but just to get actual produce, you know, and then my big concern was, okay, well, um, you know, what, what should I be growing for you? Because that's really important when it comes to uh, creating these community gardens that deliver to pantries. You, you don't necessarily want to grow kohlrabi. I mean, <laughs> no. kohlrabi is, I've never eaten it, you know, but I know it exists, but folks, they need to know what, what they can actually use and cook. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and knowing how to is really important too. And there's organizations out there that try and help with that too, in terms of showing people or, you know, giving people ideas on how to use certain things or, or what to do with them. So yeah. the only sad thing for me is necessarily that the season really ends, you know, in October. And at that point, where are people going to get fresh produce from? It, it just doesn't happen. So season extension is really important, but I, I don't know as if after the harvest is really doing a lot later in the, in the winter, uh, Tia could probably answer that one. Yeah, I think um, our season um, actually goes a little bit longer. We're able to at least make it to November. Um, you know, sometimes I've been out in December, friends, and it is, it is rough, <laughs> um, but I've had that, that experience. But it's like, God, uh, going back to what you said, Michael, it is um, a lot of people ask me like, okay, they're food pantries and they can get, you know, boxes of whatever. And, and I don't think it clicks because we are, 
you know, used to that, you know, we, that's not in our wheelhouse. That's not in our lens. It doesn't impact us. And so if something doesn't truly impact you personally, then you don't get it. It's not to say that you don't, you know, believe in it or, you know, whatever. It's just like, oh, I don't really understand that because it doesn't impact you. But when you go to the different organizations, like Michael said, you deliver to and you come in and they see boxes and boxes and boxes of things come in and then you walk in and you have this palette, right, of tomatoes or cucumbers, you know, or I'm thinking of squash and, you know, the things that we've been taking from Jubilee to uh, one of the locations um, I work with at an apple orchard, taking apples, which you would not be, you would be shocked to see the joy and excitement on kids' faces when you bring in apples because they don't get those things. And if you think about why they don't get those things, think about how you spend your money. If you have such a small amount of dollars, you are going to stretch your dollar, right? So you're not going to spend money, and this is not me speaking for everyone, of course, but um, you're not gonna spend your dollars on something that's like, oh man, I can only get, what is that, four apples for like five bucks. You know, I can get how many boxes of whatever, how many cans of whatever can I get for $5? And that may sustain you, but it won't sustain you for very long. You know, we're growing things and giving people things that have dense, you know, nutrients that will allow them, you know, that will give them life essentially, right? That won't deplete them of that, that will, you know, I think about the kids that we give food to that gives them nutrients so they can power their brains so they can stay awake and they can stay focused in school and so they can be strong and, and grow strong, you know? And so um, in working with, you know, the different growers and things like that, that's kind of where, you know, my mind goes. And in terms of like how far we can extend the season, we can extend the season with as many people are that are willing to help. Like if we have growers that are like, yeah, I grow through the winter. We want to talk to you. Would you be interested in helping us continue to feed hungry families through the winter fresh you know, produce. And, you know, we also get the opportunity to work with some wholesalers who I think of like, um, maybe you guys know Cisco and CNC produce and, and places like that, that, you know, are willing to donate through those winter months as well. But it does, um, it is very limited. And so any chance we can work with someone who is willing to extend the season to help, um, that's great. Yeah, I think another thing people don't realize too about needs is what a food desert is. I mean, mm. they may have heard of one, but they certainly haven't been in one. Um, you know, whereas someone like me, I've got access to transportation. I can get to a grocery store that happens to be far away. But for the most part, uh, and I wish I had the map to show you, but through the Johnson County Food Policy Council, we've mapped it out. And there's these large food deserts that, that appear. And the only place people can get food from is the local convenience store. And they certainly don't have fresh produce. I mean, I think I've seen an apple and a banana out of that one of the places, but the banana certainly wasn't local. So, um, you know, I think that that's one of the one of the bigger issues that that happens around food insecurity is, is these food deserts and where people cannot get the food that they need, and then they they still have to spend that money on whatever the cheapest thing they can find in in the convenience store is. Right. And kind of what you're saying, Takia, there's a so that spools itself out because now it's we eat those you know pro, fruits and fruits and vegetables because of what they do for us and so mm -hmm. if you're consistently not getting that that impacts you know we talk about you know on the big scale issues like education and 
in people's, you know, mental health and physical health and, and it's all interconnected to what you're putting in your body, right? So if you're always only putting in like SpaghettiOs into your body or, you know, something that's like super processed, that has an effect, right? Absolutely. And if you're doing that over time, it's just like, okay, this is what I'm used to. And it's interesting because, you know, Michael talks about kohlrabi and we do, <clears throat> you do want to grow things that people know what it is when you bring it to them because then if you don't what does that add to that adds to food waste right that's like well i don't know what it is i don't know how to cook it and if i need to cook it in some super fancy way where i have to have all these ingredients to cook it i don't have the funds to do that so i'm not going to do that so it's going in the trash and so we want to make this intentional effort right a community garden should be intentional in what you're growing and especially in the community that you're you're serving so that you can make sure that the best gets to those in need and it's fully utilized to um, its capacity and not just tossed away. And so I think one of the things I think is great about after the harvest is when we do um, talk about the things that we grow, you know, one of the things I always tell people, hey guys, when you're out there today and you're gleaning whatever it is we're gleaning at the time, today I gleaned apples, um, I always say, you're extending your table today, okay? So when you go out there, don't put anything in your bag that you would never serve yourself or your loved one. Yeah. So today, everyone we're serving is your loved one. So think about it that way. And so that puts it in their mind, yeah. like, oh, I'm not just going to pick up anything. Now, if it has a blemish or something like that, that's fine. But a lot of people have this mentality of, well, they should just be happy to get what they get. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not who we should be. That's not that's who a we want to be. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point too because i think that when you think about those other fruits that or vegetables that are going bad when people say I'm, i don't have a green thumb there's so many things you could do we could if, if you know how to can you know and and, yes. and you can make spaghetti sauce or whatever we can give you the really ugly tomatoes and they'll be just fine you know yeah. and so there's a lot of that kind of materials or there's there's a lot of those opportunities that that exist so often you know the number one thing i hear people say that when they when they decide they don't want to help is that and, and and i'm not faulting them for it but they say they don't have a they don't have a green thumb yeah. on it and that doesn't you can water because you don't need a green thumb to water the you know and we'd love we'd be happy to set up a schedule at the, at the the garden where hey you're the person who's in charge of watering and then you just you go there you make sure it's well watered you whatever go once twice a week and so those are the kind of opportunities that we can we can certainly have people yeah involved in the garden with yeah, you can get out your anger, your aggression, and weed. Yeah. We always need that. Right. <laughs> yeah, your COVID anger. <laughs> right. So a question could come up. Um, you know, we have this garden, and I realize that, Takiya, when you are gleaning, you're gleaning not just at churches, you're gleaning kind of all over the place, but, sure. you know, there's a garden, and it's at church. Mm -hmm. And so the question could kind of come up in somebody's mind, like, how does – how does what you're talking about connect with your faith? Like, where does your faith, what role does your faith play in this? And how can a community garden be ministry? Like, how, so how do you, I guess, yeah, how do you see your faith playing into this passion? And how do you see this garden as like, this is legitimate ministry? I'll let you go, Michael. Okay. You started well, the garden. You know, it's it kind of stems from one of our past uh just recently past um sermons which was to love the neighbor you know and so that's for me that's that's the focus it's 
um, no matter who it is, I, I want to love my neighbor and I want to be able to provide for them in, in whatever way I can. And this is one of those avenues that I've been able to sort of get into while at the same time, you know, enjoying what I get to do too. So it's, you know, when I think about nature, that to me is what God is. He created nature. And so I'm getting to spend time with, with him. I know that I'm, I'm starting to cry. No, uh, the, the idea that I get to be out there, it, for me, that's as close to God as you can get is, is within the things that he's created. So it's almost like a worship experience that you're experiencing God through doing the work. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you for you, Takiya? How does it kind of, <clears throat> how does your faith play into, into this? Yeah, well, I, um, and I don't know if you can see my little, my little sign up there. It says, remember who, who you are and whose you are kind of like um, a thing for me but like who God says you are who God's called you to be and I think for me you know it can be like it's a big thing like Michael said it's loving thy neighbor you know who you know God's like who can I send who can do this and it's like God send me I can do it I can I can work with people we can get people together and grow things and serve and feed our community um, but it's also a personal thing and it's a reminder of who God says I am and who I belong to because like I said when I'm out there gleaning and you know I'm taking this produce like even Michael has said like the ugly tomatoes well how is society talk about that like we can't do anything with that but mm -hmm. no we can do something with that we can make this amazing you know nutrient dense tomato sauce right you know it's not about you know it's not Instagram worthy I always say but it is worthy it's worthy work and I think we can teach a lot of people to um, find their worth in God and in Christ through the garden by showing them like, you know, I know this may not look like a lot, but look what we can do with this. Look what this can become. Look how God can use this. And doesn't, you know, that's always the example of, you know, he doesn't use the people that are, you know, on the top, the very, very top creme de la creme, you know, he's always like, I want that guy. I want that girl. So, and I think it's a good, I think the garden, especially Jubilee is a really good representation of of God's love for us individually. Yeah. And we can well, share that with other people. Yeah. When you think about the gospels, how many times does Jesus use agricultural parables yeah. or you know imagery when he's trying to talk about something spiritual? And mm -hmm. part of that's just that was his environment, but he was very intentional about looking at something tangible to point to a spiritual truth. And I noticed, I know recently um, there's a, new, a newer addition to the garden. There's some some signs out there now to so talk a little bit about what was behind the idea to add kind of prayer stations within the garden like where does that idea come from that kind of came from folks quite a few pastors that were involved in that so it wasn't my thing other than uh trying to help you know locate things so but i, I was super excited about having something out there um, so there's seven prayer stations uh, you can enter at the the main entry which is the, the arched entry um, go through it and then you can eventually find your way to, to each and every one it's a place to just kind of sit and pray um, for me um, it's, it's just nice for me to be out there and you know when I'm sweating or frustrated or and yeah I get frustrated out there uh, so when that happens you know you can sit there and you can look to a message and, and kind of refocus so it's, it's really nice for me in terms of that mm -hmm. yeah I really like that it's there because again, it's that it goes back to, you know, and I don't want to say excuses, but all the reasons why you like can't be in the garden, like 
if your um, if your spiritual gift is a prayer warrior, what what better place <laughs> what better place than to bring a friend and to pray with them and to pray over them um, than at than at Jubilee with you know the prayer walk that that we put in place. And so I think it's um, I think it's beneficial in that way as well. And I've seen a lot of people in that garden that um, I know don't go to community and I know don't go to Foundry or Lenexa Baptist and are like learning and to soaking it all in. And so that's been pretty, it's been pretty cool to see that. Well, and even- Yeah, like, we've had a few of those instances where yeah. just straight, I mean, I know you, you had one to Kia and I had one too, where a lady was walking back from the grocery store. Um, I assume maybe she didn't have a vehicle, but she lived over in the apartment complex, you know, and she said, can I help? You know, is there a way I've worked in gardens before? And I said, absolutely. Now, unfortunately she didn't come back or, you know, maybe she just didn't know who to go to, but you know, those are the opportunities we want to make sure that they're open. Yeah. Well, and I think about even on the, on the prayer side of things, like how, you know, how cool would it be to have a prayer team specifically for the garden, even to pray over the crops, like may these crops bless the people who are receiving them, bless the households, praying over the people who work in those in the garden and and as you've seen different people working in the garden what are some of the i mean obviously there's the 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 top kind of impact of the garden of just getting fresh produce to people but what are some of the other kind of residual benefits that you've seen or even like between workers like what are some of the other kind of cool things that you've seen happen amongst those gleaning teams as people are working in the garden, like what are some other like positive outcomes that have resulted as results of that garden? Yeah. Um, well, for me, I can tell you that it's a reminder that we don't have to work in silos and it's just our one thing. You know, I, I'm very intentional um, when I do reach out to groups, you know, and bring people together, you know, I want to introduce people. And so I think one day when, you know, Michael was there, he was like, who, are all of these people, you know, I think we had like 30 people out there in the garden at one time. And I said, oh, well, this group is from this church and this group is from this area. And, you know, we had people come in from Brookside and we had a couple people from North KC there that time. And so it was all these different pockets of individuals. And I think what we found and what they found is that, oh, we can expand our lens a little bit. We don't have to stay in this bubble and not just with the garden but I think just in life I think the garden provides these lessons of you know we can expand beyond what we've always thought to be true um, simply by working alongside people that we a, have never met or never would think to meet because we'd never cross over this part of town which is what a friend of mine said <laughs> when she came over it's like yeah I really don't get to the Joko side and I'm like well this is where the garden is so you're coming to the Joko side um, but it was really fun to see that interaction and, and to see a lot of those people have built connections and they've built relationships now, you know, I've noticed on Facebook, I'm like, oh, they connected as a friend and now they're, you know, hanging out and doing whatever. And they know mutual people and they're getting involved in other things and, and sharing the word. And so, um, it is really cool to see that happen. And, and it's also cool to see people who may, um, have had their faith shaken or may not ascribe to anything to do with, you know, church or anything like that, be willing to come to a garden, knowing it's located at a church, you know, knowing that, you know, there's this prayer walk and, you know, there's this Christ-centered space that they're willing to walk in, which they haven't been willing to walk in any other time. They're not walking into a church building. They you can forget that, but 
they're going to walk into this blessed space and do this work and not even realize how much God is working on them by being in there. So those are some really cool things that happen that are not anything to do with, okay, guys, we got to glean and we got to harvest this stuff. It's because while we're gleaning the garden, God is gleaning our hearts, right? And so that's been really cool to be um, to a part of that and to see that happen. I think I'm nodding my head a whole bunch just because of that safe space, that neutral space that it provides. It's amazing, I, I think, too wonderful conversation piece with folks who maybe don't know Jesus, you know, or they're against it because they had a bad experience or for whatever reason, but it's, it's this, oh, oh, I didn't know Christians were, you know, doing that kind of thing. And so for me, that's, just, it's sort of this affirmation, I don't know if that's the right word, but to be able to sort of witness to people in a way that, hey, this is what I'm out there doing and I'm a Christian. So I think it's it's always been really helpful for me for conversations with, with people who, who don't know Jesus. Yeah, it, it really makes me think about, so I, I've heard in your language so far, you've both talked about kind of creation care and how like reducing waste and caring for the earth is something that is a part. And I know, you know, Michael, you kind of joke that those are like the hippie things, but you know, there is that language in Genesis in the Garden of Eden of like there's it's temple language right that God is God is you know that the earth is God's temple that he isn't isn't just like a building like a room in a church building that's a sanctuary like the sanctuary is literally so in, in a sense it's like well maybe they, they might not be in the sanctuary at in a church building but they're in the sanctuary at Jubilee Community Garden so that's mm-hmm. kind of a beautiful thing yeah and maybe even at as you talk about, you know, your heart for kind of even the creation care aspect, like, yeah, how do you guys see that as, I mean, how does your faith play into that, uh, into your desire to, because I think it's something that's important to both of you, like what, how does your faith play into kind of that value, like where does that value come from of like wanting to care for the earth? You want to go first? Yeah. Me or you? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's, it's interesting how the two, my two paths, my two careers have crossed because, you know, in fair trade are, you know, a lot of principles that we have in fair trade, but at the core of fair trade, it's putting people and planet first. You know, we want to make sure that we are um, taking care of people, giving them dignity, um, you know, lifting them up. And we want to do the same thing with the earth. We want to make sure that we're taking care, utilizing our resources, you know, that kind of thing. And that, and that spills over into what we do with after the harvest, but it spills over into my life. You know, I am a people person. I, I believe that we should be doing life together. I believe in community and I believe in extending the table and building community, however that looks. And I think there's no better example of how to build community than to look to what God has created in our, you know, in the world, because, you know, again, we're very much like, this is who we are and this is who we're going to spend time with and and only do this because that we're not going to, you know, think about being a part of that group or whatever. And if you look at what God has created, like he, you know, has created all these different variety of colors and spaces and terrain and, and all the things and, and how each works together, but they all have a purpose. Right. And I think we can learn a lot from that. And, um, and taking care of the earth and noticing that and, and learning like, okay, this has a purpose in itself, but it also works in harmony with this thing that has a purpose. 
And if the earth can do that, we can do that too, guys. I'm sure of it. <laughs> See kind of God's design, like weaving throughout all of that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's important. I mean, I think he's shown us time again, you know, that we need to take, take care of not only each other, but this earth that he has given us. So I think, I think he's shown us that. Yeah, that's, that's such a good word. Such a good word. Anything to add there, Michael? Or are you just, I saw you nodding your head a lot. No, I, I, without getting political, I think from, from my perspective, you know, I got into sustainability about 10 years ago. And so, you know, I've, I've learned a lot in that time and, and whether or not people believe in climate change or, or you know, yes. we have issues. And, and, and a lot of those issues have to do with farming, gardening, and things like that. So floods and droughts and all these kind of things that can come up will, on one hand, you know, we need to take care of earth because God created earth, but we also need to take care of people, which yeah. is really what sustainability is about. It's in terms, it's, it's to make sure that we can move forward as a, as a society and as, as people. And if we don't take care of earth, then that's going to decline as well. So I, like I said, I don't want to get too into it, but it's, yeah. one, it's definitely one of those things for me that, God's put me here to, to do something and, and I'm just following that path right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the fact, so for folks that are watching that, this is all kind of new. Um, the Jubilee name on Jubilee Community Garden is pretty new, right? This is yep. not, it hasn't been in. It's we came with that pre-COVID, right? It was like a yes. store. Yeah, like a fall. <laughs> we were in a Starbucks together. Without yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> How dare we, right? <laughs> uh, but, um, but we, I remember that conversation sitting around the table and making the decision very intensely to not call it the Community Covenant Church mm -hmm. Community Garden, but to just call it the Jubilee, and Jubilee being from the Old Testament of kind of this idea of redemption and this idea of forgiveness, this idea of God's love and his justice pouring out and the garden really representing a lot of that. So how do you all, so since that was a very specific move to not kind of put our stamp on it the same way we brand other things, how do you see the garden as maybe a tool to bring people together? I mean, you've touched on it here and there as we've been sharing so far, but you know, between not just little, like the big C church, how do you see it bring the church together? How do you see it bring people in interaction with believers and non-believers? So how do you see the 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 garden being a kind of a unifying um, tool in our in our community. I'll let you go, Michael. <laughs> okay. Um, like I said, I think what we originally talked about was building this garden so that we could feed people, but with the intent that in the future we would be able to engage the entire community, and and so we we had actual thoughts on what that might be, and and. If it would have happened the way it was going to happen, it would have been that way three years ago because we were on a fast track. But you know, you got to get a lot more volunteers to make this happen. So um, we would love to see we expand to a point where we could have community gardens for the for the, the local um, apartment right next to us, so then they could come over, reserve their own space. At the same time, sort of talk about this idea of what I call tithing, you know, in terms of food. So you grow your own plot, but then you give away what you don't eat, 
you know, and that's, to me, that's the, the idea of tithing in a way that people can sort of grasp easily. Um, so what that, when that'll happen, you know, I think we really need to build up a reserve of volunteers that really want to see that happen. But, you know, I don't want to let go of a dream. I think it's something we can certainly do. And I think it's something that would really benefit us in terms of bringing, you know, people to God. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, Jubilee, you know, it's about obviously the food and feeding people, you know, physically, but I mean, there's this feeding people spiritually um, and holistically that can happen just by being out in nature anyway, right? Just by being, you know, in the garden and, you know, being in the sun and, and all of that stuff like that. And so I think a lot of people understand that they, they may grapple with their faith. They may grapple with other things, but you know, a lot of people get like, oh man, I just need to be outside for just a minute, you know? And so they have, um, an opportunity and like Michael said, a safe space, you know, I think that's what Jubilee is, has created that space for people to do that um, and to have that opportunity to come. And like you said, you've experienced a woman walking, you know, I saw a woman walking across from that, that same apartment complex and, you know, and her first thing was like, hey, what is this? And, and we got to talking about it a little bit and she just thought it was so cool that there was this space that she could come and bring her kids. And that's the other thing. It's a great, it's a space for families. It's a space for individuals. It's a space for groups. It's a space for anyone and everyone. And I think we don't have a lot of that, especially right now in the current climate that, you know, that we're in, you know, having a space that is inclusive um, for everyone to be at. And I think uh, that garden allows that to happen, but there's also this, these little nuggets of opportunities that we don't think about, like, you know, we're able to pivot and go along with what's happening. I can think about what's happening with COVID right now and how many families there are, you know, educating their kids at home. What an incredible time to just say, Hey, you know, let's just get out of the house and grab our stuff and, you know, learn in the garden, you know, especially if it's something to do with, you know, the earth or anything like that or, or God or, or however it is. So um, I think it creates opportunities that we don't necessarily think about because we pigeonhole ourselves into that this is this garden at a church. So just changing it to Jubilee, opening up that, that space, opening up that, again, you're widening your lens, right? Um, so that we can invite more people because, you know, I went in and he was just like, hey, you, here's all the things you're doing wrong and all that stuff and this, that, and the other. He was just like, hey, come into your house for dinner. Let's yeah. do life together. Yeah. And I think that's what we do at Jubilee. We do life together and in doing that life together, connections are made um, with each other and connections are made to God. Well, and I noticed you mentioned kind of talking about COVID a little bit in a place to bring people together. I did notice, you know, when the stay home order happened, there were folks that were like, man, I, I want to go to the garden just because I want, I've been stuck in my house. Yeah. You know? you know, and so there's even that kind of almost mental health benefit of yes. well, I'm, I'm stuck in my nine to five sitting at a desk in my office or I, I work from home now or I'm home, you know, I'm teaching my kids and like, I'm going, we're going stir crazy. So, yeah. Well, I, I've got some actual statistics on, not that I can give you the numbers, but there, the amount of people who started back their gardens and actually tried to reserve um, community garden spaces skyrocketed. I just had a conversation today with somebody uh, on a call and she was with Lenexa and she said, yeah, we, we were completely filled and we have a huge wait list. Whereas before I used to say, 
yeah, we might have some space available next year. She's thinking that's not going to happen. So these are opportunities too that we have. If, if anyone doubts that we would be able to fill space, I think we would certainly be able to do that. And there's plenty of other examples. We're not the only garden that's, that's doing produce, trust me, uh, as Takiya has mentioned. Um, but, you know, I can, Lone Elm, uh, this Lone Elm Church has their own. It's way bigger than ours. God's Community Garden is another one that's out there, and it's bigger than Lone Elm. I mean, so we're, we're still on the, on the small level here, but, but I think we have a lot of opportunities just because of our, our location. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's a super helpful perspective to have of thinking about the garden, again, thinking about this bigger picture of, you know, not trying to be this or that, but, you know, what role does this garden play in this bigger picture of what God is doing in, in Kansas City and in this, I mean, you probably have a better look out of it with after the harvest to Kia being able to actually go to these locations and you see kind of the the network and I know Michael you get you sit on some of the boards where you can kind of see it but as well that I think that's just as the church that's a very instructive thing for us to continue to think about is you know so often we think about how do we get people to our church or in our sanctuary or in our place and it's like you know what is our role in the bigger picture like well, I'm not trying to compete with Foundry Church I'm not trying to compete with Lenexa Baptist like we're on the same team and so you know, this is something that adds value to all of that, not just to, you know, boost up community covenant, but this is something that is a resource that's meeting a need and it's working in, in conjunction and collaboration. Like we're not trying to outdo other gardens for the sake of like winning a garden contest, right? We're trying to, you know, work together kind of collaboratively to see people be fed. Yeah. And the cool thing about the collaboration is that, you know, Jubilee is, you know, I'm always, I'm connecting, I'm always connecting people. And, you know, we have Jubilee here, you know, that we're working with and things that we grow, there are places that are growing other things. And so Jubilee is connected with Cider Hill Family Orchard and they are all apples all day, every day. And she's also growing sweet corn. And so in talking with her, she said, Hey, I would love to give you sweet corn when we have it. And I would love to contribute apples to your harvest that you have for Jubilee, because what happens right now is that we are what, if there's something to glean and harvest every Tuesday, we're out there and we're harvesting for a group that we take to on Wednesday, who has been um, pretty in need for quite some time of fresh produce that they haven't gotten. And so to have another group come along that is all the way in KCK and to say, we want to partner with you. We think that would be great. And they totally go to a completely different church but they also want to participate in this. And then we take all that and we go all the way to, you know, 29th in Minnesota and um, are blessing families there with the produce. So, I mean, it's, it really is such a beautiful thing that I wish more, I think if more people can see that, like you talk about then I think they would want to be part of Jubilee. They would want to be part of, you know, the process and, and see in all its ways, how it can bless the community. And since we're dreaming big, you know, and Tom, don't uh, slap me for this, but you know, <laughs> what, if, what if we had our own pantry at the church? What if, right? And didn't, you know, that was one of our sermons. What if, mm -hmm. what if there was a, because the closest one we have to us is only open for, you know, three hours yeah. a day on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. So, you know, what's the closest place? And obviously, Tom, you're well connected with what Lenex is trying to do with homeless and yeah. you know those issues so i think that we we really should expand and, and think about these things and, and at least talk about them. 
mm-hmm. and expanding your mind because right now we're in Johnston County and I can't tell you how many times people say, why are you bringing food to Johnson County? Like, we don't need it here. I'm like, ah, well, how do we, oh man, where do we even begin with that in terms of food deserts and homelessness and, and people that are, that are hungry in need right here in our community, in our backyard, you know? Um, yeah, so it's changing minds. It's changing the narrative, I say. Yeah. So we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but I'm going to give you, this is your stage right now. I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you. Oh boy. If you really wanted to dream and like, you're like, man, I, you know, sky's the limit. We're, we're blue sky, you know, dreaming right now. Budget is not an issue. Oh no. You know, worker tears are not an issue. Like what, <laughs> what would be, what's the God sized dream that you both have for what this garden is and what it could be and where it's headed. Kia, go ahead and go first. Oh I'm no. I'm writing mine down. Oh, you're writing yours down. Oh my goodness. I haven't even thought, like when you said no budget, that's what, now I have to re, re- imagine, I have to redefine here. Um, <clears throat> you, might have some, you might have some donors that are watching this right now. So yeah. Okay. 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 So, um, you know, I think I would love to see Jubilee be a holistic thing of not only just, um, you know, I would love to see it as an opportunity for education, for advocacy, and for giving back, right? You know, we have this educational component of, you know, working or like we have this give back component where we're giving families the produce that we're growing. You know, we have the educational component of, you know, maybe like, and I, Michael, you've talked about this, other people do this, but again, it's the transportation issue of getting to those places. So what if we did have that educational component of, hey, we've grown this, um, do you wanna know how to preserve it, how to cook with it, you know, all those different things, how it nourishes your body, why you need it, that's great. And then the advocacy part of it, of going out into the community and changing that narrative and, and letting people know that, hey, this is something that's in your community that is a need and we want you to join us and support us and those things. So I think a big picture, like having that be um, available and then like some of the tangible things under it are like I think we've talked about like you've mentioned food pantry I would love to see us have like and we've talked about this farmers market opportunities uh, for individuals in the community you know having space for people to grow their own and tie back and give back um, yeah having an educational space for families to come I think there's there's so many tangible things that we can have under each one of those kind of you know, categories of education, advocacy, and giving back. Um, yeah, so I would love to see kind of like that. I would love to see a holistic approach to to this. Well, she got pretty philosophical on some things, so I'll stay. Yeah, I know. He's going to go like. On the infrastructure piece. practical things. Yeah, yeah, I knew you would. So this is good. Yeah, this good. is good. Because you guys are making my day being able to just put these <laughs> ideas out. You know, it's. I'd love to see the entire soccer field turned into this wonderful community garden. Half of it is sort of this um, donation garden and and we could easily not hire, but let somebody use that space to, to create their own business. And not, of course I'm dreaming here, but you yeah, know, we're doing, they would be the farmer, you know, on the, that one half. And then they would be the advisor for the other half, which is going to be a community garden and people show up. Yeah. So all get to learn from this one person who's working the other side, you know? And so that's, that's one cool option. The other one is, and, and Takiya, I've told you this before, but you probably haven't seen it. We have a commercial kitchen. Oh, in, in our, I can't even talk about it. I'm so excited. 
<laughs> in our building already, you know, so there's, you mentioned educational opportunities for people, bring them in, show them how to cook what, what we're, yes. you know, show them how to prepare meals, prepare meals there, you know, take all of those tomatoes that we're not using and turn those into spaghetti or whatever we want to, you know, see that on the store shelves, the community garden spaghetti, you know, it's, it's Jubilee, sorry, Jubilee garden spaghetti, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all these cool opportunities that we have. We already have some infrastructure for it, you know, and so I think that's, that's something that would really be exciting. Um, and then obviously having a food pantry would be really special as well. Yeah. And in that pantry that they're not, you know, on all these areas, you know, again, going philosophical, go infrastructure, but in all these areas, we are, give, we are, there's a dignity component, right? So it's not just, Hey, we we're saving you. You need this, but this is the only, you know, it's about, Hey, if you're going to come to this food pantry, you know, maybe it's not a pantry, maybe it's a store, you know, and we set it up just like they would if they're going into McKeever's or a hen house, you know, it's giving just the, that little bit back um, that, you know, for whatever reason they, they don't have. And so I think, I think there's opportunity there for um, us to really, to really bless and be blessed. What you're talking about is really empowering people, right? You know, so they're not just passively receiving service. Right. You're empowering them to choose the items that they're going to yeah. cook and use and all that. Kind Absolutely. Of stuff. Yeah. And then also reminding them that it's because this is the thing. It's like, you know, people are always like, I don't want a handout. And I can't tell you how many families that I've worked with are like, you know, I can, I can work for this. I can do this. It's like, absolutely. And encouraging them to come back, you know, in some capacity at the garden, you know, if they have received any type of food from it, you know, to come back and be a part of it, you know, one of the groups we work with is Urban Scholastic Center and giving them, you know, a lot of the produce that we've gleaned and harvested. And I can't tell you how many times they're like, hey, so when can we come out and glean or when can we come out and help weed? Like we want to be a part of this garden because it has blessed us so much. And so we have to give opportunities to be a part of as well, not just here you go, here you go, here you go, kind of thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, yeah. Well, I knew this hour was going to go fast. Um, <laughs> um, if people want to get involved with this project, and you know, you may even have people watching that want to give um, and help these dreams become a reality. How do they get in touch with you? What's the first step to getting involved with this project? Well, if anyone wants to pay for our sign, we need a sign for Jubilee. Call Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We no, actually ahead, do have a sign that's designed right, and we do have a, a wood artist that would, that would construct it. Um, so, yeah, we're just looking for some funds, a couple hundred dollars to really do. Because that's the idea, right? We want to just do this thing well. I mean, yes. I, there, there is a piece of a, of – you know, being in Johnson County that I think we expect things to look a certain way or to function a certain way. And so, you know, I think sometimes I know, Michael, when you first started pulling up perfectly good grass and putting down this garden, you know, you can you could be met with some questions or some skepticism of like, man, you're ruining a gorgeous lawn with what would this, what are we doing? And so, you know, we want to, yeah, portray this picture of like, this is there is a beauty in this garden and there is intrinsic beauty, but just adding like, this is a legit thing. This isn't just like a, something that we just a harebrained idea that, you know, we're trying to keep going, but this is a really legitimate ministry of the community. So yeah, yeah. funding the sign, that would be great. <laughs> um, if they want to 
common glean or common, I realize we're getting to the tail end of this season, but if they want to get involved either this season or moving into the next season, um, how do they, how do they start? How do they get connected? Yeah, they get a hold of me, get a hold of Kia. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll fit you in where you can. Mm -hmm. we, we certainly want to find out who wants to be involved because who, the more people we can get involved, the bigger we can make it. Yeah. And the, and the farther we can move forward with our, our big goal. And if people want to learn more about just this whole idea of like sustainability and, you know, meeting poverty with, is there like a website they can go to or the resources that you would, you would steer them to yeah. learn more about, you know, food deserts and the value of this so that they can kind of spread the word for you or is there? Yeah, actually, you know, I mean, if I'm going to plug Johnson County's food policy council, there's some good information on there about uh, all the issues that we really addressed. So if you go to Johnson County's uh, government's website, search food policy council, it'll pop up and you can yeah. look at the different stuff there. Cool. Yeah, and if anyone's ever interested in not just gleaning at Jubilee, but also with me or with our other uh, gleaning team with After the Harvest, you can visit um, aftertheharvestkc.org and click the volunteer tab and sign up to glean. And if you specifically want to glean with me, just let them know you want to glean with Takia and, you know, I'll meet you out there and we'll have a good time. Awesome. Michael, what's that Johnson County website? What is the, what is the, what, what it's joco.gov. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for, for coming out today and to share your hearts about this. Um, guys, if you are interested in getting involved, um, we'll, put, we'll be putting the links in the, in the description here um, for you to be able to follow up. But um, keep, uh, keep dreaming, guys. We thank you for your diligent work. I know you've got a great team also that, that is working there with you in the garden. So we're looking forward to God-sized dreams and God-sized um, just um, – outcomes out of the garden so thank you so much for joining us so um, we'll see you next week next week um our we will be talking to um winston frazier with kick ministries um doing basketball ministry in kck and so that's going to be you want to miss that next week and so these will premiere every week eight o'clock on youtube on the community lenexa youtube channel so we'll see you next week thank you guys for joining us take care thanks thank so you. much for having me bye